Welcome to the San Diego News Fix. I'm Christy Totten. Chicano Park is celebrating its 52nd anniversary this year. The park is a national historic landmark and is home to the highest concentration of Chicano murals in the world. The Chicano Park Steering Committee has held virtual events all week commemorating its history and its enduring power in the community. Lucas Cruz is chair of the committee. Lucas, thank you for being here. No, of course, thank you for having me. So the park has a really amazing history rooted in Barrio Logan standing up for itself and claiming that space. Will you share a little bit of that history, how the park was founded 52 years ago? Yeah, so the park was actually taking over and we feel it's always important to bring that piece up. The city didn't give it to us. We didn't ask the city. The community came together and they took it and they reclaimed this piece of land 52 years ago. So what happened was the neighborhood was fed up. The neighborhood was fed up with you know, losing their neighbors with the freeway that came in, losing their neighbors with the bridge that came in, and also losing access to the bay. You know, a lot of this, the things that the community had to face were from the state, you know, through eminent domain. They were taking a lot of action against this community, and predominantly because it was Mexican, Black, and Asian, you know. So with that being said, the community was fed up of losing their neighbors, you know, losing their neighborhoods that they all grew up in. So when they, when all this was going on, they were promised a park. You know, so on April 22nd, 1970, uh, Brown Bray, Mario Solis is walking by and, you know, the bulldozers on the site, which is to become Chicano Park. And he asked them, you know, hey, what's going on? Are you guys building the park? And they said, no, we're building a highway patrol substation here. So he put out the word to the Machistas and, and it spread everywhere, you know. So it wasn't just the community of Logan Heights, but it was people from San Isidro, people from, you know, uh, City Heights, that area, all throughout San Diego. Chicanos, many Chicanos came down to this land and they occupied it for 12 days. And the Toronto Park Steering Committee was formed at that time. And they formed in order to lead negotiations with the city. You know, some of the names of those that led the negotiations are like Angie Avila and uh, David Rico. But after that, they, they fought, we got the park. And since then, it's been under the stewardship of the Toronto Park Steering Committee. And nothing was ever given to us, even after the fact. Everything has been a struggle from the bathrooms to the trash cans but it's been a struggle just to get anything in the park. Have you continued to struggle with the city over the park? Yeah, you know, it's a little bit, the relationship is a little better for sure, you know, especially with the Parks and Recs Department. I just have to give credit to Andy Field as the director. You know, he's done his part and he's trying to help out where he can. But prior to him, it's been this issue, you know, of like the city neglecting this community. And I'm not sure why, you know, Part of me they believe, you know, still because they're one, because this community just has the right to self-determination and we don't allow the city to come in and say what they want. And they don't, you know, they're not used to working with the communities in that way. They usually set up advisory groups that are you know, meant to just advise, you know, to give their advice on something and then the city would ultimately make that decision. Whereas Chicano Park, the community makes the decisions here. You know, we don't allow them to shape anything in the park. So I feel like that resistance you know, leads to them not wanting to work with us, despite us being a national landmark such as Babawal Park. I mean, you come to Toronto Park, you know, to us it's beautiful, but, you know, we don't have grass everywhere, you know, something so simple as that. And it's hard to get some maintenance done in the park. You know, and I, again, I believe it's just due to the history of the park and the city not wanting to work with us. And also some, you know, some people in the city also, you know, that have been there for a while now, they just don't like, again, the, how the neighborhood operates here, you know, where they have to do what we want, you know, because we understand one, it's our tax dollars, and two, we need to make sure that it's reflective of our neighborhood, you know, not just another cookie cutter example from the city that they want to give us. Well, what has that success, you know, the successful takeover of the park in 1970 meant for the community symbolically? 
symbolically, I believe it sets the tone. You know, it sets the tone for the neighborhood. You see the, the fights for the junkyards that happened and, you know, them being able to push out the junkyards in the neighborhood, even up until now, where, you know, the community has been fighting and fighting for the community plan update. You know, this history of resistance here, it all starts at that park. You know, you see this part, this was taken by the community. And with that, we always carry that forward with us in the neighborhood here. You know, people know that we do have the right to self-determination as a community. And we also know we have the capacity to do it because if someone tries to tell us it's impossible, we say, well, Chicago Park would be impossible if you look at it that way. But it's here 52 years later. I read that the National Park Service is considering getting involved with the park. Is that something you would like to see? And, and where does that stand? Right now, it's all in process. I know Josie Talamantes, who's the chair currently of the Chicano Park Museum and Cultural Center. She's working with Juan Vargas's office and looking at how we can become an affiliate with the National Park Service. I think it'd be a good thing, you know, again, because as long as one, it's understood that we don't lose any control as the steering committee in the community. You know, if it's something where it's a chance to bring in money into the park, whether it's to help with the restoration of the murals, to help with landscape, anything of that nature, I think it'd be a positive thing, but it's just ensuring that we don't lose any oversight as community. That's the, the main concern we have. Would you give me um, a visual walkthrough of the park? I feel like, you know, my intro didn't really capture it, but it's such a stunning place, you know, filled with murals, um, filled, filled with culture. Um, for somebody who hasn't been there, would you describe it? I would say Chicano Park is our sacred piece of Aslan, where you can come here and learn the history of our Chicano struggle as well as our indigenous struggle. You know, you walk through the park, at the center is our kiosco. You know, that kiosco is sacred. It was community designed. It took seven years to get it constructed, but it was due to fighting with the city. You know, they wanted a Spanish design. They wanted to symbol, be like a mission, like an old town, but the community fought and they designed it themselves. And seven years later, we were able to get our kiosco. But that kiosco, it's our modern day Tenochtitlan. You know, it's our, our piece. It's our history. It's where we have ceremony. You know, we have had weddings there. We've had funerals there. We've had baptisms. We've had mass. And we have ceremony continuously throughout the year by our danza aztecas and local capulis that use the park. And around the park area, you also see, you know, this is something that I always take pride in looking at is our statue of Zapata. You know, Zapata really symbolized the land belongs to those who work it, you know, that resistance, that, that fighting back. And for us, that's the mantra that we live by is la tierra mía. You know, like we work the land, the community takes care of this park, so it belongs to the community. You'll also see our flagpole in the park. We fly the Chicano Park Steering Committee flag, you know, and for us, that flag symbolizes, you know, that this is community, you know, this is ours, that we work together and that this is our piece, you know, and also as you walk around, you'll see all these murals that tell our stories and our tales. And we have a new one going up, which is the Brown Image Mural, which is, it's a, I think it's very necessary because it tells not just the history of low riding, but also the history of the park takeover, you know, and it shows that as lowrider clubs, it's not just, you know, cruising the cars, but there's, there's pieces to it, you know, those symbols of resistance, you know, it's people making beauty from nothing, you know, these cars at the time, they were accessible to people because they were cheap, and they, they made them their own, you know, and up until now, I see that culture is still alive today, people still cruising, it's a beautiful thing, and it's, I think it's just important for people who are, who are just coming into the scene to see that lowriding is much more than just cruising, you know, it has a political background historically. Uh, well, speaking of, can you tell me about the celebrations that are going on this week for the 52nd anniversary? Yeah, so we're doing it virtually this year. You know, we had a lot of concerns with the Omicron variant that happened in the winter. 
and you know with Toronto Park the, the event the scale that it is it's important for us to have enough time planning so out of safety and abundance of caution we decided to hold everything virtually this year and for us it's a beautiful thing either way because the park takeover it's a there's a celebratory pieces but it's important to always forget that it's commemoration of a revolutionary act so for us we'll be highlighting a lot of history throughout the week we'll be talking about some of our our Chicano leaders in the community, such as Tomasa Camarillo and also David Rico, who had recently passed away. We'll also be sharing history about the uh, Chicano Park Museum and Cultural Center and what that struggle has looked like. We're also sharing history on the the park itself and just also some of the the uh, work that we're doing currently right now with our youth in the community. We're really trying to build the youth up and we've actually had them they are taking charge of the interview process that you'll be seeing throughout the week. They're the ones that are leading most of the interviews because us as the Toronto Park Steering Committee, we're celebrating our 52 years and our people historically, the calendar cycle goes to 52 years. And for us, when you look at the 52 years, it symbolizes a new fire. So when we look at the new fire, it's the next generation. It's making sure that these, the youth are being guided in the right way. They're not being co-opted by the system and they're being taught, you know, their values and integrity. So we're really working with them and hoping that they can keep the spirit of Chicano Park alive for the next 52 years. Is the Museum and Culture Center open now? Not quite yet. We're hoping to have it open in the uh, towards the end of summer. You know, but if, for more information on that, you can visit us online at the ChicanoParkMuseum.com. We also are on Facebook and Instagram. I also sit on the board of the Chicano Park Museum and Cultural Center. And uh, we're excited to have the opening because this will be a place where people can come in and see the history, you know, it'll be tangible. You know, when we talk about the takeover, it's more impactful when people can go in there and look at the photos, you know, and they can see pieces of history that uh, my my grandmother actually, Tomasa Camarillo, she was the chairwoman before I was. She was the chair for the last 30 plus years and now she's our chair for Vida. But Tommy had the foresight to save everything. So all the history of the park, you know, all the archives that she collected, they'll be, accessible through the museum. It's the Tommy Camarillo collection, but there people can look at the photos of the park. They can see when the Dewey Street used to actually go through the park. They can see how the park has changed throughout the years to what it is today. But it's important, you know, because this is a chance for us to tell our history with our voice, you know, and more often than not, our, you know, our history gets perverted. It gets watered down and, you know, we're just left to to learn about our conquest when we have so many more contributions to this country, to the world that are all often overlooked. Speaking of the, you know, the new fire that you mentioned, you know, what are your hopes for, for the park, for Chicano Park going forward? I hope that it maintains its sacredness. That's at the forefront. You know, we want to make sure that people, when they come into the park, they know it's sacred and that it's not just any other park. We want to make sure that the Chicano identity and the indigenous uh, bloodline that we have is at the forefront and people know that this is, when they come here, that this park isn't changing its identity. You know, that's the, the most critical piece is maintaining the identity. I, that's all I can really say, because when we when we talk about handing it off to the youth, I mean, that's really, that's really their call, you know, depending on what pillars will come in, what changes they see as the community shifts, you know, if they feel that they need to add more playground areas, grass fields, anything like that, it'd be a beautiful thing. But as long as they remember, it requires community consensus. It's not just something that that we just jump up on, but we got to make sure we do our due diligence and reach out to our brothers and sisters in the neighborhood. You know, I just hope they keep the integrity alive of the park and they just keep it going as the elders before us have been for the last 52 years. 
Lucas, is there anything else that you would like to add? Uh, just that, uh, just to remind everybody that, you know, although we're not having the celebration in person, that you don't have to, to be at the park to celebrate the park. When we look at Chicano Park, the real meaning of Chicano Park is the self-determination. It's the volunteerism. It's the commitment to our people and to our neighborhoods and our communities. So I hope everyone listening, you know, you can celebrate Chicano Park by doing some work in your community, you know, whether that's advocating for, you know, more trash cleanups in your neighborhood, advocating for, you know, crosswalks, maybe some elders that might need in the neighborhood or just doing it yourself. You know, if the city don't listen, you know, you can only talk with them for a certain time. So you got to just take matters in your own hand and do it. You know, if they're not picking up the trash, pick it up. If you need to organize, you know, something to happen in your neighborhood, just do it. You know, that's what I want people to take home from the, the park. You know, and also I want to say that, uh, you know, a big happy Toronto Park Day to our brothers and sisters throughout Aslan. You know, we have our sister parks, you know, such as uh, La Raza Park in Denver, Valles Unidos Park in Phoenix. We have uh, Chicano Park number two, Lincoln Park in El Paso. And we also have another park that was just taken over in Houston. We have our brothers and sisters and I believe it's the Bronx and Sunset Park. You know, we have different areas that are taking this mantra of self-determination. They're activating spaces in their community. Santa Barbara Park, or Ortega Park out there in Santa Barbara. I just want to also give a big happy Chicano Park to them and tell them, keep on, keep on trucking, man. Keep on fighting. You know, it's not going to be easy, but we just got to keep it up and support one another. Lucas Cruz is the chair of the Chicano Park Steering Committee. Lucas, thank you so much for joining me. No problem at all. Thank you for having me.